Mars touched live right now. We're going to pull up. Jobs report was twice as many jobs, like almost 500,000 jobs created this month. So what the MAGA Republicans would basically be doing, the team that's wearing the gold or hoisting up the World Cup, the Republicans are basically saying, look at those losers over there in the number one position. They're freaking losers over there. They hey, remember when we didn't get into the, you know, the Sweet 16? Or remember when we didn't, see that, that's what, mixing analogy. That's what I'm saying. That there's always something a little bit off, but it's fine. It's like, get it. I get it. The mighty mighty gets it too. It's like we won the World Cup. Grand Slam. Remember when we didn't qualify? How great were those days when we didn't Mm -hmm. even qualify? Remember those? Hey, exactly. Not qualifying is worse than winning the World Cup. So you have to again have some basis of comparison. So let's give another basis of comparison. While President Biden's now going around the country talking about manufacturing plants and factories that he's opening up, this is what former Vice President Mike Pence is talking about, how the rich should not pay their fair share. I'm somebody that I don't really buy into the the rich need to pay their fair share. <laughs> I know there are some people who are saying, I want to hear the rest of that argument. You are just a... What, what, what else do you, frankly, do you frankly need to hear? He's saying that he doesn't believe that the rich should pay their fair share. Everything else after that would not be clarified. It would be worse. And indeed, if you want to go and find the longer clip, go look into it because his point is the rich pay enough he thinks that the rich are overtaxed. He sure. thinks that they are paying their fair share, even though if you just look at the data, the Trump... It's such a crazy thing to say, like, in general. Like, no matter your beliefs, like, you can't say they should pay a fair share. Like, or they, yeah, no, they should get they should get perks. They should get benefits. They should pay an unfair share. It's it's like a, it's a crazy thing to say. And he's saying this to a very small crowd in a very tiny room. I think it was in Iowa. Uh, that he's given this speech. You think there are any millionaires uh, sitting in those seats? You think there are any billionaires that he's talking to about the rich? Eh, maybe they shouldn't uh, pay their fair share. How is that going to mess? Like Republicans at least used to pretend. At least used to pretend like they cared about, you know, giving people a fair shot. And even when they then put all the benefits onto the rich, they would at least dangle that out. So, I, frankly, I don't know what's better, that they're saying it out loud now or, or what. It's it's hard to even say. The no, let them speak. There. Give them the microphone. Let them speak. I say it all the time. And I just feel for our audio listeners right now, too, because that clip is extra bizarre. I mean, what is, like, from Pence's smirk to the way he's holding his hands on his belt to, like, him sticking his belly out, the whole clip is bizarre. Yeah, they, really don't, they really don't engage in, like, the most basic human interactions. MAGA Republicans just don't get, like, they don't get right, like, I, I won't go, I won't show you the clips again because it will make you sick. But if you go over and you look at, like, this DeSantis, right? Like, he doesn't know how to eat a pizza. Like, he eats a pizza through his nose. Like, what are you, what are you doing? He continues, like, it's not like once. He continuously wipes his boogers on people. He takes his snot and just, like, wipes it on people. He laughs yeah. before jokes. He laughs before the jokes are told. So, Someone's saying a story, and he's like, ha, 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 ha. you know, and he laughs like a like a mad person. Like it's just that these people have never 
I think, engaged in, like, actual human interaction. But, okay, again, don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative, right? You just saw Pence. Let me show you President Biden promoting his economic record in South Carolina and taking a shot at the same time at Marjorie Taylor Greene and basically saying, hey, one of the biggest manufacturing uh, projects is in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. I'll be there for the groundbreaking. <laughs> if I took office, we've seen over 60 domestic manufacturing houses all across the solar supply chain. One of the biggest is in Dalton, Georgia. You may find it hard to believe, but that's Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. <laughs> What I love to see what President Biden is doing now, though, is <laughs> going state to state <laughs> and talking about these Come projects. On, Taser, and what we are seeing with our own eyes is actually government working. How the Infrastructure Act is leading to more projects. How the CHIPS Act is bringing semiconductor jobs, high-paying jobs, back to the United States. We're seeing when you actually try to make things better and you're smart and sophisticated and you talk through these issues how you can achieve things that actually benefit people because how does this benefit people i mean p p pull up some of these trump posts from the past 24 to 48 hours like he never once talks about here's what i want to do for you here's what i can do this is one of them does anybody really believe that the cocaine and he puts that in caps found in the west wing of the white house very close to the oval office is for the use of anyone other than hunter and joe biden but watch the fake news media will soon start saying that the amount found was very small and it was and it wasn't really cocaine but rather common ground up aspirin and the story will vanish has deranged jack smith the crazy trump hating special prosecutor been seen in the area of the cocaine he looks like a crackhead to me you know and these ridiculous <laughs> things that he says always total and complete all complete lies this is the stuff that he says at events. And Brett, to your point, like when I see former Vice President Pence telling people, the rich should not pay their fair share. You know, when you've got Trump at these events that he says are far bigger than they actually are, like when he's in Pickens and he does the speech, deranged warthog, he calls him a warthog, deranged warthog. There's a, yeah, you know he calls him a warthog, Jordan. Yeah. Deranged warthog. <laughs> Jack Smith is coming after me, and they're all out to get me, because they're out to get you. It's like, what the heck are, who, who is, who's for real? Who's like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, freaking you freaking warthog. You, it's, you, you freaking warthog. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is a ridiculous, like, it's a ridiculous warthog. You know, we, we went from, yes, we can. Yes, we can. To like, warthog. Oink, oink, oink. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's really actually crazy stuff. And I know the large media networks want to be like, oh, what a, a, 
forceful showing in Pickens out. President Biden just spoke about his education plan in Pickens. He did? Did he, though? Pickens has 3,300 people, you know, in the whole town. I know what 75,000 people looks like. I've seen Taylor Swift concerts. I've seen Obama around. Humble brag. Really? <laughs> Donald Trump's leading freaking warthog chance. Okay, it's utterly... Real quick, going back to that post, you know how we also say that every accusation is an admission here? There was, like, talking about the ground-up aspirin, how they were going to say was that, like, that is such a specific thing to come out and say the White House was going to say. I mean, obviously, here's one of the funniest things. So, Don Jr. Uh, responded, because, you know, a lot of people are like, Don Jr. must, it must have been Don Jr.'s. And Don Jr.'s excuse wasn't like... I don't even do that. Don Jr.'s excuse was, I haven't been there in three years. <laughs> I was like, uh, there's another answer to that question that you could have went with. But interesting that you interesting that you chose that. It's why, though, that they have to make... It, it's why it's a cult, right? It's why they have to turn Trump into a cult leader. Because when you're not actually pushing policies, you have to make everything about yourself. And you have to make your own fate kind of be associated with the fate of the rest of the cult. So that's why you hear Donald Trump so often says, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you. Or they're only coming after me to come after you. He's trying to tie those two things together. When he says things like, America is doomed, which he says in one of these other posts that, that we'll pull up shortly. America is doomed. You need to do something. He's not talking about the United States of America. He's talking about himself. He's talking about me, Donald Trump. If, if I go down, that means America is over. So he wants to connect those two, which is a, a move that dictators do. It's a move that cult leaders do. By the way, you know the project that it is in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. It's extra ironic because it is a solar manufacturing facility that's like a $2.5 billion investment, which is going to create thousands of jobs in her district, green energy jobs. And she consistently, just to show you how much these politicians in the Republican Party harm their own voters, she consistently rails against green energy, calls it a scam. Meanwhile, these are the jobs of the future like selfishly if you want to actually be doing good for your constituents if you want to be able to say look at what i've brought to my district look at how i've helped the people then you should want to promote green energy you should want to promote these jobs of the future but they are just so in the pockets of oil and gas. They are so just conspiratorial in Marjorie Taylor Greene's case. And it's destructive. It is all one big cult that does not exist in the factual world whatsoever. I think, here's, here's another one of his posts. And by the way, he says this in his speeches. Like, this is like just a freaking whiny fascist baby. Like, who... Who is this person? Like, and the, and the Republicans are like, yeah, give him the nukes. Let him make life and death decisions over me. This guy, him, but <laughs> pull this up. Like, like we have to talk about. It. Like, here's the thing with large media networks, and I won't go fully. Like, you have to look at this. Not that one. Let's go to the one with all caps. Yeah, this one. Like, let's. You have to look at this and go. This is a freaking crazy person, everybody. This this is an insane person. You don't hear him say it once. That's what this is. Massive prosecutorial misconduct. It's currently taking place in America. 
and the weaponization of law enforcement cannot be allowed to happen. Crime and inflation are rampant. Our borders are open. Our elections rigged. Our economy is in shambles. Our energy independence is gone. Our leader is mercilessly mocked, and our country is being destroyed, both inside and out. Do the people of that great nation even have a choice but to protest the potential doom of the United States of America 2024 exclamation point psycho crazy person like you have to be like this is a deranged fascist lunatic and if yeah. the media was doing their job yeah. they would be saying it the way we are but <laughs> but you know what and it's another call to action right Ben I mean it's it, it's what he does it's what a lot of these Republicans do it's they make calls to action without explicitly saying attack so and so carry out X and Y plan they say everything's about to be doomed we need the people to rise up right or they'll post like a, like Trump did recently post Obama's address address Next thing you know you have armed people showing up at their house with an arsenal full of weapons looking to to kill uh, former President Obama. That is the purpose of a lot of this also. It's to cause chaos. And while you could sit back and say, well, I didn't say what I just said you're going to be doomed to take us to country. All I said was you're going to be doomed. They're coming for you. And then I said you better do something about it. And then I gave Obama's address. Uh, how am I responsible for it? Well, you know what? As you mentioned, Brett, Taylor Toronto is the individual, a January 6th insurrectionist, who was on the run. He didn't have a home address, so the Department of Justice and FBI couldn't find him. He was live streaming from in right around the block from Obama's home. He had guns and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and fortunately, he was detained. But someone who was radicalized by Donald Trump. And by the way, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. And the MAGA Republicans go, oh, oh, but Ben and Midas touch. You are discriminating against conservative viewpoints. These are all conservative viewpoints. Killing people? Spreading lies about vaccines? Singing freaking songs with the insurrectionists? You know the funny thing is, like, we made such good friends also with a lot of actual conservatives who are uh, disgusted with the current day Republican Party. That's why Liz Cheney's statement, when I saw Liz Cheney's statement the other day, Liz Cheney, I don't have the clip, but she was speaking with NBC News, and Lester Holt asked asked her a question and it, it it also showed how the media kind of gets things wrong here as well and Liz Cheney called him out for she said the question but, was yeah. you still consider yourself a conservative yeah and he added the second part though which is important do you still consider yourself a conservative or do you feel like you have no place in the party <laughs> and she goes, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. She goes, those are two separate things. Do I consider myself a conservative? Yes place in the party. That party is not a conservative party. The Republican Party is anything but conservative. So yes, I still believe in conservative values. The Republican Party no longer believes in conservative values. The Republican Party has become a fascist death cult. So those are entirely different things, which I, which is why that we also try to separate those things, because we could have debates. We're going to disagree with conservatives who we're friends with most of the time, right? But, mm -hmm. but they're at least like normal human beings who you know actually care about the country and who don't want to take us down a road of fascism and authoritarianism, which couldn't frankly agree is what more this with party you. wants. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with you. Look, Trump posted like 
20 other things like that. He also posted a QAnon meme. He posted a flag that says F Biden. I mean, completely, completely disqualifying stuff, but not in the modern day Republican Party. My, have they fallen. We've got a lot more to discuss, including Marjorie Taylor Greene getting kicked out of the far right wing group, the Freedom Caucus, in the House of Representatives because she was not extreme enough. We've got that Uh and much more. Uh And again, one more thing. Those emojis, everyone loves those emojis. You could become a member of our YouTube channel. Become a member, gift memberships with the dollar sign below. Um, It is a fun way to contribute to the growth of this network, and we don't have outside investors. We still got a lot of show left. Let's take a quick break. Jewelry is having a big moment right now, and with hundreds of products popping up in your feed every day, it can be hard to find a brand you trust. Alex and Ani has been creating meaningful jewelry for over 20 years, designing pieces that connect you with all of life's important moments. With an emphasis... And I know I always give the thanks at the end of the show, but I truly mean it. Like, thank you. Like, you bring us so much joy. And for us, it's a thrill and honor to be a part of this community with you all. Because this is more than a show. This is family. This is friendship. And it's just so great to to spend this time together. All right. I'll stop being mushy. But that was my, that was my reflection during the break. I'm like, I'm just really having, like, the time of my life. Like, the time of in my life right now. I, mean, I don't know if other people who do news just enjoy it this much, but anyway, I could go on and on after that forever. <laughs> Sorry. We, we, we're digression. All right. Marjorie, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene has been kicked out of Mar- the Freedom Caucus. She's not extreme enough. See, I don't, I shouldn't call them the Freedom Caucus. That's what they call themselves. Good the Freedom right. They stand for the exact Fascism opposite party. of freedom. These are like the far, the furthest fringe, I suppose, although they're all very far fringe, right wing MAGA Republicans at this point. But that's what this self, it's what they call themselves, the Freedom Caucus. So Marjorie Taylor Greene used to be part of this. She was still a part of it until today. Today they voted her out. You could see the divisions when Marjorie Taylor Greene supported Kevin McCarthy, the weakest speaker of the House in history, so she could get on the House Oversight and Homeland Security Committee. So we could all see her disgrace our nation at these committee hearings each and every, every day. And so she could go in sensitive compartmented information facilities, skips based on these positions, and then leak our classified documents to Fox and to other right-wing media, but I digress. So starting back in January, she was talking crap about Lauren Boebert and kind of Matt Gates and other people who were part of this freedom, fake freedom caucus or whatever they call themselves. And there was all of those fights back then. Um, and what we learned about the vote today, technically the vote happened last month. It hasn't been, uh, it was just reported today. Um, but yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene got kicked out. And one of the reasons they say that she got kicked out is because on the House floor, she called Lauren Boebert a little bitch. That was a, and then she went on and bragged about how she called Lauren Boebert a little bitch. And then Lauren Boebert went on the media, leaked to the media that that's what went down. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene got mad at Lauren Boebert 
for leaking to the media that she called Lauren Boebert a little bitch. This is the level of maturity <laughs> of these MAGA <laughs> Republicans. Um, and the this Freedom Caucus, again, this is what they call themselves. They were also upset at Marjorie Taylor Greene for supporting the bipartisan debt ceiling bill and just generally going along with Kevin McCarthy. And like Marjorie Taylor Greene's Kevin McCarthy thing, though, you know, truly has been like very, very weird as well. I mean, so everything weird. they do is weird, but like she spent $100,000 of donor money to buy used chapstick that was used by Kevin McCarthy so that she could Bro. sit in on a meeting with Kevin McCarthy and donors That's and then she weird. like proudly displayed the used chapstick how much do you think I get for this chapstick Used, half used. What do you think? <laughs> I didn't know you were a chap. Now? I didn't know you were a chapstick guy. Now, 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 taking bits, everybody in the chat. It's, it's, it's really. By the way, that should have been disgusting. So much, so much happens. That should have even been like a bigger story. To, to spend a hundred thousand dollars of donor money on Kevin McCarthy's freaking chapstick. Like, I just want to make sure people know we're not making that up. Like, if you missed that in the news cycle, that literally happened. Get Marjorie Taylor Greene is the, like Kevin McCarthy's Carrie Lake. And it just borders on like a weird, it's Hilarious. like, it's, it's just incredibly, incredibly bizarre. And if you remember from the Kevin McCarthy votes, the people who continuously voted against Kevin McCarthy during those votes were people of this so-called, I'll just call them the fascist caucus. The people of the fascist caucus were the people who kept voting down Kevin McCarthy. So there's a lot of discomfort there over Marjorie Taylor Greene's relationship with Kevin McCarthy and her desire basically to attain power at any cost, even if that means appeasing Kevin McCarthy every step of the way, whom they hate. So there's this tension that's been arising, and they say that the, the Lauren Boebert situation that house floor was the straw that broke the camel's back in this situation but the the true reason was in a vacuum they don't care about her behavior in my opinion they, they don't care what she says what everybody she does they care out. that she's supported mccarthy they care that she ultimately did not vote to torpedo the entire economy crash that. and burn the entire u.s economy which was the ultimate goal of that the fascist caucus with, uh, in congress <laughs> so you know the, uh, this whole party right now this whole republican party Probably. is all in chaos they're all at war with one another and the extremists are also being really detrimental to the party as a whole here because they're also scaring away donors. They, they have this weird catch-22 now, right, where the energy of the party is with the most insane people in the party. Mm -hmm. These crazy Trumpers, these fascist caucus people, the, the, the total, for lack of a better word, the total nutjobs. But those people are the same people who repulse the average voter, who turn away all voters and who turn away all the big dollar donors that Republicans actually need to win races. So you're seeing right now, in a lot of these swing states, these Republicans and the Republican committees are just burning, burning cash. There was a report in Reuters recently that said the major Republican donors to the Arizona Republican Party, the Michigan Republican Party, who have in the past donated tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to the party over the, over the past six years, have completely stopped even giving these Republican parties any money because they give them the money, and what do they do? They go on these wild goose chases for Donald Trump, they start spending the money on these election fraud campaigns and all their dumb stuff, and they're like, why am I giving you $100,000 if you're going to burn it? 
And so they've stopped. And now you have situations like Arizona's Republican Party on March 31st reported that they had less than $50,000 in cash. Like, By the way, these are the so-called fiscal conservatives, right? They had less than $50,000 in the bank, the Arizona Republican Party. And if you want to compare party. Party. <laughs> that to the same point four years ago during the previous election cycle, four years ago they had $770,000 in cash reserves. And this is this is not just limited to Arizona. This is like all the big swing states. Michigan, they had 116,000 in the bank as of March 31st, compared to 867,000 two years ago. This is what the former head, the former head of the Michigan GOP, said about the situation. This is a guy named Jason Rowe. Quote: They are effectively broke, and I don't see the clouds parting and the sun coming out on their fundraising abilities absolutely brutal and devastating for them heading into this election cycle. Well, look at those two states, right? So Arizona, the GOP chair was Kelly Ward, right? We are the orange mafia who here is ultra mega. I mean, I mean, this real thing she said, real, real thing she said. Actual, I, that was—it's a, a far better impression than many of my impressions right there. And then, <laughs> and, and, and then in Michigan, you've got you've got Christina Caramo, who's like a deranged conspiracy theorist, and she likes like. I was going to work today and I saw a possum being eaten by a bald eagle. And so therefore I thought of the globalist conspiracy. You know, it's like, like, like what, what is going on? What are you talking about? Like these are, go back. I'm not going to show the clips. And Brett knows I love to get both of those clips into as many <laughs> videos <laughs> as I can. I'm not, because it's, because it's such a symbol. Like it's these are the highest position in the Republican Party for a state. Like I'm not taking a cheap shot. I'm not finding, you know, the Charlie Kirk McGurk follower who's, you know, you're not lives of TikTok in it, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm not finding some random person and punching down. Okay, I don't do that. This is the top people who are supposed to be the top leaders of the parties. Me are real symbols that need to be reinforced over and over again that these people are not serious people. These are very dangerous people. And that's why I do the impression that I show you that because that's actually what's going on in the way you're like, Ben, that's hilarious. And, you know, and, and you do, but like, that's truly what they did. Like that's, yeah. like that's, that's real life. That's, that's who they, that's who they are. Speaking about real life. Well, I like your, I like your impression of the audience too. And I know you're like, Ben, you're so hilarious. Ben, 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 ben you are so good looking and funny and like and but like gosh it's, it's <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take. I didn't take. I did not take it there. I. I, I just simply. I, you were. You were very close to taking it there. I think. Can, 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 can I add this too? So heading into this next election cycle, Brett, to your point there, I think. I think the American voter 
is going to sit down at a, at a certain point if they haven't already and really ask themselves like what has this Republican Party done like like since they've taken control of Congress? like what what have they been able to do for me I took them 15 rounds to elect a speaker uh, they've held a bunch of weird sham hearings that didn't help any people at all they continue to just fight with them and they're only in the news when Marjorie Taylor Green calls Lauren Boebert a little bitch it's just like what have they actually done for you America and for the American people what, what have they done the answer is absolutely nothing and I think they sort of caught wind of that in the last midterm cycle that's why it was not a red wave and that's going to continue to carry over and that's why I say all the time give them the microphone let them speak they're professional rake steppers they're going to cause a scene every step of the way and it's not going to resonate with American voters and then I respond and we have to showcase what's really going on Y'all remember, I'm dating myself here, but remember Game Genie that you could just cheat on like Nintendo and then like you do Game Genie and then you get like infinite lives and you could like just beat the game of all of your favorite games. Like I don't need the media to give these MAGA Republican fascists a media version of Game Genie. Like why are you helping them? Another example from our video game days, like putting computer assistance on to make the games close. Like I don't need you to do that. Like our democracy is on the line here. Like can you just say what we all see? I don't need to be gaslit by you. That's fascist. That's dangerous. That's crazy. Just please, just just say what it is. And, you know, I, I guess we found a niche here at the Midas Touch Network, just looking at something and going, here's what it is, right? <laughs> but you see it too, right? And then people are like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> Why isn't anybody else saying it this way? Anyway, as I said, you know, how is this real life? Walt Nauta got a taste of got a taste of real life today. Walt Nauta finally, finally is able to have his arraignment. That's where you enter a plea. He pled not guilty at the June 13th arraignment. Walt Nauta showed up with an out-of-state lawyer who's not licensed to practice uh, in the state of Florida, Stanley Woodward. And Stanley Woodward said, we need more time. This is the case brought by special counsel Jack Smith, Walt Nauta, just to be clear, is Donald Trump's co-defendant in the obstruction of justice, willful retention of national uh, defense information, conspiracy and making false statements case before Judge Eileen Cannon. The arraignments, though, take place not before the Article Three federal judge, but before a magistrate judge. So the June 13th arraignment, Donald Trump pled not guilty. Walt Mauta didn't have a lawyer. All right, come back on June 27th. Uh, only Stanley Woodward showed up. Like, Walt Mauta missed his flights. Like, the flight got canceled. Stanley Woodward's like, but Judge, we take it very seriously. We're trying to find a, a lawyer. Um, so they continued it one more time to July 6th, and finally Walt Nautis found a lawyer. Her name is Sasha Dayton. If anyone wants to correct my pronunciation, I'll get it right, but I think it's Dayton. Um, and this is this is Sasha Dayton. Hurt in an auto accident, call the Dayton and Bono Law. I'm not advertising for don't call them. Um, please don't call them. Please. Not a sponsor. That, not a sponsor. <laughs> don't recommend that, Definitely not a sponsor. Please definitely don't call them. And, and here is from her other website that she is part of the sex crime defense team. Uh, the sex crime defense team. You know, a lot of people were saying, this Sasha Dayton, you are throwing your career away by representing Walt Nauta. Um, I, 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 I really don't view it that way. I, I'll give you a truthfully 
we know we've been doing lots of jokes, but my, my view of it is everybody, including Donald Trump, has the right to competent counsel. And don't take my word for it. It's a constitutional right. So I think it is an important part that criminal defense lawyers play. But if you notice, we don't really criticize Trump's lawyers like Todd Blanche or Susan Necklace or lawyers who are just acting like lawyers and who are asserting defenses, the people who we criticize are people like Alina Hoppe and Christina Bob um, and the lawyer Jim Trusty when he was former lawyer. Because he's Jim Trusty, unlike Alina Hoppe and Christina Bob, like Jim Trusty actually had a very good reputation. He used to work with special counsel Jack Smith, you know, decades ago. He was in the public integrity section. So when he would go on and do these interviews, he was lying. He knew he was lying in the interviews. So to me, when you do that, then you're going to come under the lens of the Midas Touch Network. Joe Takapina like snatching the papers and acting like a maniac and attacking, you know, Taki Takapina. Yeah, I mean, like in this case, Ben, right? I, I think this speaks more to Walt Nauda's situation than it does to this attorney. I mean, we've yet to hear from her, know her. We don't know if she's going to do the TV rounds or anything yeah. like that. But, but everyone has a right to competent counsel. Absolutely, like, you know, the worst, the worst person in the world has a right to competent counsel. That is a constitutional right, and a lawyer should not be ashamed to take a case like that. But when you start just blatantly lying, when you yourself become a conspirator and then like all the situations Ben said with those other attorneys then you cross the line into different territory but when you're looking at Walt Nauda and he is picking somebody who in this space is relatively inexperienced I think it shows that to me at least I don't know your take but to me it seems like he's not taking the process all that seriously and you see, he, he's always with Donald Trump, too, which is one of the most interesting things because they have like a, a court order, right, where they're not even supposed to be really speaking about this case. But Donald Trump is keeping a very tight watch on Walt Nauda. They're going everywhere together. We saw them at the Philly Cheesesteak place recently. We see them at all these various events together. We saw them at the Cuban restaurant in Miami right after Trump's arraignment. It's very bizarre. And the only thing that I have to assume with somebody like Walt Nauda is he is taking a bet right now. He's making a gamble that if Donald Trump gets elected, I will be part of it. And that's what I'm going to shoot for. I have no other shot otherwise. I am being watched by Trump. He's paying for my attorneys. I believe Trump is paying for this attorney as well. And so I have no choice right now other than to just go all in, no matter how no matter what the sentence may be, no matter how guilty I am, I am going to plead not guilty. I'm going to make my case. And if they say I am guilty in the court of law, I'm going to hope that Donald Trump becomes president and that one of the first acts he will do is pardon me for my loyalty. That's the long game that, to me, I think Walt Nauda is playing. I'm not sure if, if you have a similar theory. Look, he is caught on surveillance footage doing exactly the opposite of what he told the FBI he was doing or what he was aware of, like the day before. So you see him on the surveillance footage in May and June that the DOJ got their hands on, hiding the classified document boxes and moving them around. He was asked in an interview 
with the DOJ if he knew anything about these boxes. Oh, what boxes? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you with boxes? I'm, I'm not even sure of the procedures. So it is very basic liability that he engaged in making false statements. And we learned a lot about that in some of the additional portions of the search warrant affidavit that was used to support the search warrant back in August of 2022 was released. And some of the most damning portions relate to Walt Nauta. And Walt Nauta, back in 2022, was identified as witness number five, not as co-conspirator, not as anything, you know. And he would have been treated as a witness had he cooperated in the process. They've got him on tape. They know what he did. There's really no great defense for him at all. And to your point, Brett, his bet is Judge Eileen Cannon, hopefully Trump or another Republican wins one day, and I am pardoned. And ultimately, my loyalty will be rewarded, and I'm going to go down and he goes down. That is the gamble that he is taking. And look, there does also feel that there is a bit of a kind of eerie quiet right now in special counsel Jack Smith investigation people. I don't know if something's coming next week. I have no inside information about it, but it certainly feels like there is some big news about to drop. And I mean, I feel like a little bit like, you know, one of those psychics who predict things, but like they make it so general. I predict something's going to happen tomorrow because, because a lot of big things are happening. So I want to let you know I am a little self-aware and critical of what I just said. But I truly, be- <laughs> but I truly believe that there is, is big. I'm like mocking myself right now. I'll tell you what's going on in the special counsel Jackson Smith investigation, but let's take our final break of the show. Oh, hey, when did you get here? Let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Henson Shaving. Look, everyone knows how annoying cheap razors are. The cuts, the irritation, the frustration. And don't get me started with subscription razor services. The headaches that those can cause. That's why you gotta meet Henson Shaving. And you'll get two years worth of blades free with your razor. Just make sure... small omission. So that's why when you do a proper agreement, it's like your lawyer will advise you, like, you better say everything. If you leave something out, the whole point of this not only is thrown out, but now you've just made a confession that they can use against you. So that just broke from CNN. That was a CNN exclusive. And we also have been learning that special counsel Jack Smith has been focused on Arizona Uh, In particular, we previously reported how Doug Ducey, the former governor of Arizona, said that he was subject to kind of a pressure campaign by Donald Trump that felt or looked similar to what Donald Trump was doing with Brad Raffensperger, secretary of state of Georgia. Notice, I mean, Doug Ducey, Republican, Brad Raffensperger, Republican, like Rusty Bowers in Arizona, who we now also know that special counsel Jack Smith spoke to earlier in the year, like very Republican. Like Rusty Bowers, okay. Rusty the name Bowers. Rusty Bowers. If I were to That's come up, up with a movie script of before <laughs> Donald Trump, of who would be like the conservative Republican? 
I would name him Rusty Bowers. Okay, that sounds like a very old-timey baseball player. Rusty Bowers. That's <laughs> such a good baseball name. Oh it's my good, god! Hall of Fame, Rusty Bowers. He's pitching. Rusty. Yeah, hundred percent. Rusty Bowers. But anyway, so people may be saying, "Why special counsel Jack Smith?" Though see, he's just issuing a subpoena to the Arizona Secretary of State. We believe it. It took place in in May to Adrian Fontes. By the way, he was a friend of the Midas Touch. Uh, network, yeah, a friend of the right. show, a Democrat look, look Secretary of State. He beat a very dangerous election-denying candidate as well, so mm -hmm. that was a big victory for I democracy there. And so now these documents are actually going to be turned over. And by the way, imagine these subpoenas happening and you have a guy like Mark Fincham, who Adrian Fontes was running against, one of these election deniers. It'd be a much different uh, situation that, right now, which is also why the Secretary of State races throughout the country are so incredibly, so incredibly important. No, no doubt about it. But we also learned as well that this really isn't the first subpoena. Special Counsel Jack Smith has been speaking with all of a lot of these people, you know, for the better part of the last year, nailing down these interviews and pretty much speaking to Republicans, Republican members of the Senate uh, in Arizona, the House in Arizona, and people who were subject to uh, these kind of Trump pressure campaigns and, and also spoke to Rusty Bauer. So that's some big news to report there. But Brett, why don't you give us also some good news about what's taking place in some Democratic states. Talk about some state Democratic wins. I really like this one in Wisconsin. What happened there? The Wisconsin one is really one of my favorite stories in politics, possibly of the year. I, I love a good legal jujitsu. This move by Governor Tonya Evers of Wisconsin, it reminds me a lot of what the Disney lawyers did with Ron DeSantis, where they put provisions in the contract for that Reedy Creek agreement that uh, that the DeSantis lawyers were uh, too incompetent to actually read, and they ended up like extending their power in the district for like hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, Governor Tony Evers of Wisconsin did a very similar thing in his state. <laughs> so they have a Republican legislature in Wisconsin, and they submitted a budget to Tony Evers. Right. And they wanted to basically they, they wanted to phase out the uh, funding for the like school funding. Right. By the 2024 2025 school year. This was for child care, school safety, public universities. And here's what the governor did. It was so brilliant. So he used his ability to issue a line item veto. And instead of, I'll pull it up because you have to almost visualize, you almost have to be able to visualize it if I, if I have it. Um, so what he did was he took out his veto pen and he wiped out from, you know, it said 2023 to 24 school year and the 2024 to 25 school year. He crossed it out so that it said the funding extends to the 24-25 school year, the year 2425, <laughs> effectively extending these benefits for 400 years <laughs> rather than expiring next year. And wow. it's really like a brilliant, brilliant wow. act of legal jiu-jitsu. He's dealing with this Republican legislature who wants to get rid of these policies, who wants to get rid of child care, wants to get rid of school safety, who wants to get rid of the public universities. And all the Republicans had to do in their budget was like spell it out and not write the numbers like that. Or in addition to the numbers, write it. You know, like when you write a check, you also spell out the numbers. Well, they did not do that here. So 
he literally just crossed out the digits until this will go until 2425. And he extended those benefits for literally four centuries. Like, just a absolutely brilliant way to deal with these Republicans trying to take away these rights. Then we move to Ohio, another obviously very, very important state. A state also where Democrats in recent years have been very boxed out by Republican majorities. But you have the people rising up. This is the Republicans' worst nightmare when the people decide to take actions into their own hands. And you have a lot of activist groups who said, okay, you want to try to take away our rights to abortion? Guess what? We are going to put a constitutional amendment to enshrine abortion rights in the Ohio state constitution. So in order to get there, they needed, I believe the number I have here is 413,446 signatures to get it on the ballot. Well, they got over 700,000 signatures for the ballot measure. That's 70% more than they actually needed. So now those go to the Republican Ohio Secretary of State, Frank LaRose. They're going to review the signatures. They do signature checks and all that. They make sure that there's enough valid signatures there in order to get this on the ballot. So it is far more likely than not that a constitutional amendment to enshrine abortion rights in the Ohio nice. State Constitution will be on the ballot in cool. the next election another huge Let's win on the for people every and state. these are the actions that you see republicans also immediately regret you know they go we got to give the power to the states right we got to let, let the people decide let the people decide and once the people decide you'll you'll see even with this one you will see they will try to see what they could do with the courts they will try to do everything they can to mm -hmm. try to revert the decision of the people yeah. the same way they did i believe in kansas uh, when they freaked out after the people voted because people whether you're a republican or a democrat they do not want their freedoms to be taken away and what the republicans have been incredibly consistent of aside from their absolute craziness over the past few years is they've been incredibly insistent in stripping away the freedoms of Americans. And that's something that we need to also be incredibly vocal about. That that really is the fundamental thing they stand for. How could we restrict Absolutely. your freedom? How could we make it so you want to do less, say less, uh, yep. your kids have less opportunity, so you get less benefits, fewer benefits. It's really unbelievable to see it play out, and that's why we need to use these terms. We cannot let them co-opt the term of freedom, like Ron DeSantis tries to do, as he strips away your freedom. We cannot let that kind of thing slide anymore here. The yeah. Supreme Court, though, is dating back well, at least through the 70s and, and maybe even into the 80s with a lot of their decisions, though, did somewhat reflect the views of the American population and, in fact, had certain rulings to enshrine these freedoms and to recognize civil rights and to stop attacks on taking away these freedoms. And in many ways, you know, if you look back at the court at the time, the Roe v. Wade decision was made, was even slightly a, a little bit ahead of its time. And, and you would have right-wing justices, but even like a right-wing justice would be like, okay, the Second Amendment doesn't mean that people can have like limitless access to weapons of war. That doesn't make sense at all. Like you had quote-unquote conservative judges and Republican-appointed judges who joined with, quote-unquote, I don't like because they don't really make sense anymore, but generally there would be this consensus of, like, 
Of course a woman should control her body. Of course. We forget then, Roe was a 7-2 to two decision. Roe was a 7-2. Yeah. to two. This wasn't a close call. Roe was a 7-2 to two decision, and Roe itself was a compromise. It had a lot of the restrictions, by the way, that Republicans now go, we need this restriction and that restriction. We had those restrictions in Roe. Roe had very clear guidelines for the process of getting an abortion, the requirements, what needed to be. Republicans took that away. So this is on them when they say, okay, well, what do you want? And then they try to do those despicable lies where they go, oh, so you, you want abortion after birth? And they're like, no, that's called killing a person. That's actually not something that is allowed. But guess what? We had something that we could all look to. We had Roe, okay? You took that away. You ruined the compromise. Don't get it twisted here. It was a very popular decision. It was not even a close call in the courts. But because this court is so extreme, so radical, has been so radicalized, this this party as a whole, everything seems so skewed now compared to what it was decades yeah. ago. It's like you know, you have these you, you have these like, and these people aren't even qualified. Like you you want to talk to these are the people who lecture us. These right-wing justices on merit. It's got to be merit, 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 merit. I remember those hearings, so the confirmation hearings in the Senate, where Trump appointees would be sitting there. And the senators would say, okay, so how many people here have done a trial before? Raise your hand. The people who Trump was appointing as judges, nobody would raise their hand. Okay, okay. It would be, be a table of like five or six people. How many of people have conducted a deposition? I think it was one person who raised there. Okay, to, uh, did you take the deposition? The no. Okay, what did you do? Well, well I assisted the partner at the deposition. Qualified. So you want to talk about merit? Okay. You get. I mean, she was skewed now compared to what it was decades yeah. ago. It's like you know, you have these. You, you have the like, and these people aren't even qualified. Skewed now compared to what it was decades yeah. ago. It's like you know, you have these. You have the like, and these people aren't even qualified. Like, you, you want to talk, these are the people who lecture us, these right-wing justices, on merit. It's got to be merit, 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 merit. I remember those <laughs> hearings, the confirmation hearings in the Senate, where Trump appointees would be sitting there. And the senators would say, okay, so how many people here have done a trial before? Raise your hand. The people who Trump was appointing as judges, nobody would raise their hand. Okay, okay. It'd be, a, it'd be a table of like five or six people. How many of people have conducted a deposition? I think it was one person who raised Hero. Okay, did you take the deposition? No. Okay, what did you do? Well, I assisted the partner at the deposition. So you want to talk about merit? These are unqualified, radical people who are not merit-based. Katanji Brown-Jackson, as merit as you get. I mean, she was now compared to what it was decades yeah. ago it's like you know you have these you, you have the like, and these people aren't even qualified like you, you want to talk to these are the people who lecture us do pat these white justices on merit It's got to be merit, 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 merit. I remember those hearings. The confirmation hearings in the Senate 
where Trump appointees would be sitting there. And the senators would say, okay, so how many people here have done a trial before? Raise your hand. The people who Trump was appointing as judges, nobody would raise their hand. Okay, okay. It would be, be a table of like five or six people. How many of people have conducted a deposition? I think it was one person who raised their hand. Okay, did you take the deposition? No. Okay, what did you do? Well, I assisted the partner at the deposition. So you want to talk about merit? These are unqualified, radical people who are not merit-based. Katanji Brown Jackson, as merit as you get. I mean, she was a cube now compared to what it was. You want to talk about merit? These are unqualified, radical people who are not merit-based. Katanji Brown Jackson... <laughs> As merit as you get. I mean, she was a judge at every single level in Doesn't her get career. Qualified. You want you want to compare Kentanji Brown Jackson to some of these right wing justices appointed by MAGA Republicans? It's not even a close competition. And then and you again, that's I was going to say that's why it's so important though that Biden is has um, gotten all these judges confirmed. One hundred thirty six. He's outpacing exactly. pacing. George W. Bush, he's outpacing Obama, he's outpacing Trump, and we see the effects, though, that these federal judges have. And I want you to explain, because this case just seems so wild to me, this Trump-appointed judge in Louisiana, this social media company ruling, deciding what the Biden administration's communications can be with social media companies related to COVID. Like, what is happening here? It's, it's, it's just when I, hard I was like, to it's hard for me to even explain it. It's like the Biden administration would, let's not take social media, for example, right? Let's say a news outlet is putting out false information, right? You have a press department at the White House, right? You have communications directors, right? They reach out to the writer and say, hey, you got this wrong. It's the, can you correct it? Does the writer have to? Does the writer go, oh my God, you threatened me. I feel horrific. No, I mean, that's just what you do. If there was a threat, that should be illegal, right? So the Biden administration, as social media proliferated, basically would do the same thing. And all administrations would do it, except Trump would actually threaten the people, take it down or else. But when it came to the Biden administration, they would reach out to social media platforms if there were very dangerous accounts, big accounts spreading lies that were resulting in killing people or misrepresenting policies. Hey, you know, RFK Jr. is saying all these false things about vaccines. Here are the facts. This is very important to us. Do what you want to do, but here's what the actual facts are. And then whether it was Twitter before Elon Musk or Facebook or YouTube or whoever, they could take that and they could go, okay, we agree with that or we don't agree with it. It wasn't like you take this down or else we are going to do something bad to you. There was no threat at all. Just, hey, this is a problematic. This is important to us. But that's kind of part of what communications departments are supposed to do. And it's particularly important here where we're talking about issues like vaccine hesitancy, which basically just means that there were accounts lying about the vaccine to try to get people killed, okay? There were people lying about election results and lying about um, what was taking place and, and, and spreading lies about election fraud that didn't exist. 
and the Biden administration would reach out and say, hey, you know, this is this is problematic. That's not true. Here are the facts. And this Trump appointed judge says this is like the Ministry of Truth from 1984. That's what the judge. I'm not just making that up. The judge actually said in the ruling that the Biden administration behaved like the Ministry of Truth. And the judge sounded like, like the writing sounded like Jim Jordan tweets, or like something you'd see on Truth Social, like QAnon, like just bad shit, like crazy. And by the way, this was the judge who previously has blocked all Biden stuff. So you, you try to get in front of this judge. That's part of the hustle here. You're a MAGA Republican, you get in front of this judge. And in another decision where he blocked the vaccine mandate by Biden, which wasn't really even a mandate, it was get vaccine or get tested. Like, hey, can you like maybe get tested so you don't like get other people sick? No, I refuse to get tested. I'm just going to walk in and cough on people. He just spread so much lies about COVID and downplayed it, you know, and acted like it wasn't even like a big deal. You know, and so here in this opinion, he uses all of that propaganda from the right wing and says, the Biden administration is attacking conservative speech. Notice how they're just going after conservatives. And it goes back to what we said at the outset of the show, which is what Liz Cheney said, which is like, that stuff's not conservative. That stuff is crazy. That stuff is fascist. That stuff is Trumpism. Please do not conflate conservatism. We ain't talking about the Democrats saying, hey, you know that tax policy post? You need to remove that tax policy post because, or, or else. Okay, it's, it's not saying that, oh, this is a state's rights issue. By the way, Republicans aren't for any of that crap regardless. But this is like right-wing, dangerous, MAGA stuff. And the judge is like, notice they're just attacking conservatives. So the judge issues an incomprehensible injunction. Because on the one hand, they're like, well, the Biden administration can still warn social media companies about foreign threats and danger and lies about the election. But the Biden administration and all of its officials are enjoined, meaning they're stopped, they're blocked from contacting social media companies to uh, either encourage or persuade them to remove things that may infringe upon their free speech rights. So like, as you read the, what, what is that even? So if you're defining though, uh, like uh, election interference by Donald Trump and COVID conspiracies as quote-unquote conservative thought. And it would seem to mean that you believe that's an infringement on free speech, so you will be holding the Biden administration in contempt if they reach out. Like, it provides no guidance. But is this opinion that is, again, it looks like Jim Jordan combined with uh, Lauren Boebert, you know, you know, like wrote the, didn't the judge wrote it, but like it is completely, completely deranged. So um, the Department of Justice has appealed it to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. Um, the Fifth Circuit has previously overturned this judge in this case already. Like from the outset, the judge like ordered that all of the top Biden administration officials had to sit for depositions like right away, like, which is unheard of. And the Fifth Circuit, in a unanimous opinion, two George W. Bush and one Obama appointees were like, yeah, no, that's not the way it works, Judge. So the judge from the outset was going to reach this conclusion, mm-hmm. and now it's going to get uh, appealed. But again, this is why control of the Senate was so vital, because McConnell would have blocked all of these appointees. 
This is why elections, you know, truly matter. This is why you can't get complacent. And by the way, then, speak, speaking of Louisiana, like President Biden just got a district judge confirmed in Louisiana, and he's got two more nominees in the pipeline. So, like, this is important. This is structural, and this is something that does ultimately take years and years and years, if not decades and decades. It is truly why every single election is important. Now, just while we're on the topic of elections, I saw somebody mention it in the comments, so I just want to do a shout out for all the Midas Mighty who are in Ohio, that there is a very important election as well on August 8th, where Ohioans are going to decide on issue one. Issue one would raise the threshold for a constitutional amendment to pass from what it currently is as a simple majority or 50% plus one to 60%. So they are basically trying to make it more difficult to pass constitutional amendments, which would affect the law that we spoke about earlier, that they're that the, the, they're trying to get to enshrine abortion rights in the Ohio State Constitution. So that is something to look out for if you're in Ohio. Um, you want to make sure that you research that vote, um, that you vote no and that you make it as easy as possible to enshrine these rights into the Constitution and not let these Republican legislatures just have full control over the people. I think that's super important. August 8th, look it up, issue one. Uh, do, do some more research on that if you're in Ohio. Make sure you know. People aren't really talking about it, so we, we, we just got to give it a megaphone. We're talking about it. I think the yep. theme is don't compare us. Don't compare Biden. Don't compare the Democrats. Don't compare pro-democracy to the almighty. Right? <laughs> compare it to the alternative. This is about choices, and these are very serious matters. Right? Like, I have so much fun. I love joking around. I love bringing a sense of humor, you know, to this and, and breaking these issues down in fun ways. But look, this is really important stuff. It really is. This is life or death stuff that ultimately will affect your life, your family lives, your friends, your coworkers, colleagues, neighbors, community.